0: And usually Mm -hmm. when I come back an hour later or a day later, whatever, I'll be like, oh, wow, that part was trash. And I needed to trash that yesterday. And I didn't, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like that
1: was trash.
0: Did you watch the Super Bowl halftime show last night?
1: Nope. Don't watch football. I don't watch football. Don't watch halftime shows. Yeah, um, I'm not a big fan of watching uh, Satanic Rituals publicly. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, usually I always hear about it the next day, but uh, no, I did. I did not watch that.
0: Dude, it was pretty wild. It was like a 90s nostalgia throwback. So they had like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and 50 Cent. They had Anderson Pack up there. They had all kinds of acts from the 90s and early 2000s going. Mm-hmm. And they're all doing their thing. It was
1: pretty impressive. They came back from their uh their vacation yachts from selling Beats by Dre from selling vitamin water. They're like, yeah, just we we want to let everyone know we still do music now. We still do right. music again. Yeah, they flew in their private jets and like dropped from the yeah jet just parachuted like... in exactly. I didn't. Dr. Dre come out with a, a song recently. I, I think I heard that he he came out with like a new single or something recently. I don't know if uh, I could be wrong on that. It's crazy because like he's made such a living now just from like doing all these other like you know, side entrepreneurial things, Yeah. you know, selling the beats thing. And, you know, of course he was making beats for a long time and had a record label and was just doing his thing. But there's always this talk of like him coming out with another album and it just always kind of like just kept slowly disappearing. disappearing. Pushed, Yeah. Just like, Hey, uh, weren't you talking about doing an album a long time ago? It was like, was it like rehab or something? I think is what it was going to be called. No, nah, he got the Apple money, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I need to make another album. You crazy. <laughs>
0: Um, So I wanted to ask you how you start a cue. I've been like researching a bunch of stuff and I wanted to talk about like Brian Eno's oblique strategies and how to start a song. But like, as far as when you go about starting a cue, do you use a template? How do you like work in new
1: instruments and new plugins, those kind of things? Well, recently I'm working on a, a track for a sound iron library and the template that I'm using, it's actually a VE Pro template that has all of our strings, brass, that not not Hyperion Woodwinds yet because that's going to be coming out later on, just using the Woodwinds from the Symphony Series. It's uh-huh. got our percussion, like all the basic standard stuff for writing orchestral stuff. And for this track, I've been incorporating other instruments that aren't in my template in there as I just load up the contact instruments. So I'll, I have some, the, I'd say like the main like, Ninety-eight percent of my template already loaded in V Pro, and then the rest are just contact instances loaded up. Because it's like I have I have a good enough amount of RAM. I'm not really worried about that. But it's more of like for speed. If it's like okay, I'm gonna incorporate like six different instruments that aren't in my template, Mm -hmm. I'll just load them up in in Cubase and then just route them super quick. Because in V Pro, you gotta load it up, V Pro, or create an instance, not have it connected. So you um you like detach the instance from from Cubase. So that way, when you save, it's not saving on there and and all that (laughs) long, long long-winded answer. But yeah, for the most part, I usually either use VE pro for something like that, where I don't want to load everything and just have everything there. Sometimes I'll just do the no template route and I'll just load up a fresh Cubase project and just start working on something. Let's say it's like a demo for one of our libraries. I'll usually just load up one instance of that library, start like going through either effects presets or like find a sound that I like or that sort of sparks something. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I'll just like lay down something, whether it's like a single note that's got like evolving ambiences and I wanna start building around that. So it's like kind of like the tonal center or maybe just like hold a couple chords. Let's say there's an arpeggiator going and it's just kind of like doing the bulk of the work while I can kind of like listen back and think, oh, like what can I put on top of this? Maybe I can hear like a percussive rhythm Supporting this or you know laying down the harmonic foundation kind of like what you do a lot in your composing videos You'll have certain tracks that might be like the harmonic structure And then you'll maybe like fine-tune it or build around it and, and that sort of thing So I I, I do that sometimes but I, I'm not really like a one versus the other It really just depends on if i'm like I just want to like load up something real quick and just start doing it I don't want to like wait for Pro to load or something like that. Then i'll just do it the other way Yeah, well Our boy, Andrew Wong on YouTube,
0: he just made a video called how to start a song. And he said, there's five best ways to start a song. You can start a song with drums, with melody, chords, an interesting sound or effect, or lyrics. And then he broke down like all the options. And so he said, like, sometimes you'll start a song with the percussion. Right, so if you're like using apocalypse elements, you start just like playing in an epic beat or some sort of rhythm, and then he said like the next melodic or harmonic instrument you bring in will really make the genre of the song most of the time. Mm -hmm. So if you you know if you add like something in a minor key that's like really dark and brooding, it's gonna take your track in that direction. But if you do something like major and happy and like fluty or something, that's gonna sound it's gonna take your track in a very different direction. So the drums, they're the first layer, if you start with drums, but then the next thing you add is very important. Mm-hmm. And then he talked about like a melody. Sometimes that goes with lyrics. Sometimes you'll just be humming a melody. I know we've talked about Danny Elfman, like humming the Batman theme in the airplane bathroom. You know, starting with a melody is just like, you're you're in your car, you're tapping the wheel and you're you're humming something. And that's a good way to start a song or a track is to have a musical idea in that way. The way that I usually start a track is by chords. So I'll kind of just be like noodling chord structures. And we all have certain go-to chords patterns that we use. So Andrew was talking about using a Google random number generator, going to the, the random number generator and just like generating a sequence and then using those chords. So he did like Two six two six. Then he just like you know played a D minor, A minor, and started a song like that. I thought that was kind of fun, just like having like a randomly generated chaotic pattern to start your track. And then he had interesting sound, and that is like you get a new plug in and you like Valhalla delay, for instance, you throw it on, you find a preset, and it just sounds crazy. And like that is kind of the initial inspiration for your track, and then lyrics. He, he said like lyrics is always the hardest part for him, but he had like a couple creative ideas on how to get, get started with the idea. So take a piece of paper, write two columns and have one column be like a subject and the other column be a totally different subject. And then write 10 words for each and then start just like mixing and matching the words. One column was plants and the other one was shoes there was like flower over here in the plants and there was tongue over here in the shoes, like the tongue of your shoe. So he's like, flower tongue. What is that? And he's like, I could write a song that's kind of starts with like this interesting imagery based on that. But I think the same thing goes for composing for film or composing for video games. It's like, what are you starting with? And like, how are you getting to the end result?
1: Yeah. I think stuff like that would be great for composers as well, especially because a lot of directors aren't necessarily Music-minded, right? So they'll throw out. I always hear people say, you know, directors will throw out words like, "It's about this character who found this old pair of shoes from his dad he never met when he was a kid, and they had all these like flower markings on them." Like, I, I want to tie these things together, and just like, what does that sound like? Yeah, it's like okay. So you try to think, okay, he if he's walking out, there's maybe there's like ambience, something very like mellow and calming. Maybe like in the shot, there's a you know his hair blowing in the breeze and it's very like tranquil and kind, of, but kind of sad at the same time so okay like, now do i how do i start like building that color palette of sounds to represent this maybe like i have this very flowy ambience that's like representing the wind in his hair absolutely that's a great way to to really do that in a super simplistic way because a lot of that stuff is very it sounds weird because like a lot of musicians don't think about that kind of stuff oh this sound you know, I mean, there are like, I don't know if, if you're like one of those people, I'm kind of like one of those people too. Like you hear certain types of music or sounds and you think like colors or vibe or mood, or you automatically sort of like attach it to something. Yeah. You assign words. Yeah. Or you just have a certain, like it sounds very blue. Sure. You don't go to school and have them say, this chord is blue. Like, no, they're like, no, it's second chord of the scale and blah, blah, blah. And like all right. that stuff is like the technical things. But when it comes to expressing yourself in music, the last thing I ever really think about is, well, I should have really put that third right there, or, you know, fifth in the <laughs> bass. you know, Because, I mean, that's one of those things. Like, I'm one of those people, like, I used theory to a degree. But when it all comes down to it's just like going off your your instincts and letting your musical heart guide you when you're, you know, it sounds kind of corny, but it's like you have to do that. Like if I start thinking like that other way it's just it starts to get convoluted and messy and it's just like a lot of the times you end up going back to your initial idea.
0: Sure. Yeah. And I think if you're just completely relying on technicals, you're just like a robot. You're just like a composing robot or orchestrating robot, you know, I'm a human musical
1: AI. Just- yeah, exactly. You just put in the, you input the rules and then it just mm-hmm. flushes out a Bach thing for you. Yeah. Like a, like the demo that I, I'm working on now with the strut grand with that library, there's you know a lot of prepared piano and just piano sounds recorded and not the usual way. Mm-hmm. And when I start to hear these sounds, like just playing through with the library, like I automatically started to know, okay, I know this is inspiring these kind of vibes. So I'm gonna go with like a little bit more of like a darker horror, scary track. Yeah. And, and not just trying to do like a typical horror thing, but like in a, in a specific like video game related style. And it, I just wanted to do something that kind of showcased it in, in that way and, and using some of our other libraries, you know, cause a lot of the sound iron sessions are using our libraries in specific ways or styles or just like how I would be inspired by them to hopefully inspire others. And you don't necessarily need to have any of these libraries to recreate this kind of stuff. It's more of like the inspiration thing. Cause I I always love watching videos, like seeing how other people compose stuff and despite whatever libraries they use, because it's like just seeing Oh, I never thought to really like use those instruments like that or, you know, or do it in that way kind of thing. But yeah, like with Strut Grand, it just it it has so many elements of it that are perfect for like horror type stuff, but necessarily not for that only because there's a lot of other stuff that has like very like Baroque old school, like, like what I like reminds me of like older classical type sounds as well.
0: Yeah, there's like picked and choked and then there's like slide. There's a lot of different
1: articulations in there that are not using the keys. Yeah, the hammer one's really nice because they just have this very, it makes me think of like Bach or, you know, like like a harpsichord. Yeah, exactly. It has that, but it's like not quite. No. So it's like a cool different sound but yeah like with that library it was just like playing through some stuff and not necessarily like sounds that are automatically going to be like the main focal point but just like even if it's just like a sound that is more like in the background like there's these mallet effects that have mm-hmm. it sound like these little piano clusters and i was like oh for this track like i could already hear something like this being kind of like peppered in the background where it's like if you're watching, it's very video game inspired. Like if you're the, the main character, you're going around in, in some location that's really creepy or something, and like you hear these little like little yeah. sounds in the background, you're like, it kind of makes you like, oh, is there something coming? Like, is there <laughs> why is that it there? It's very subtle, but it's it's all about sort of like trying to get the the hairs in the back of your neck to stand up kind of thing. They're like creepy out. But yeah, like most of the tracks that I ever start composing it's just usually from a single sound that kind of makes me think of like how that could be used in a bigger picture and then from there it kind of helps shape like where i want to go they're not always that quick but usually a lot of times a single sound or even sometimes i'll just play with like an ambience like or i'll play with one of the effects presets because i mean they really are designed as like inspiration starters you know like you always have like a specific vibe in mind you know, like, especially how we, how, yeah. Like how we name them, you know, sometimes I think people be like, Oh, okay. I can see where they were going with this effects preset, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to use it in that way. So it's kind of cool. It's like writing a song and not telling people what the, what the song's about, even though like they, you know, it's like they interpret it in their own way. Um, That reminds me, uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but have you watched song exploder on on Netflix? Have we ever talked about that? Yeah. They have a podcast too. It's really good. Yeah. I saw that they had a podcast, uh, Cause I was recently listening to hurt me and my girlfriend were listening to it. Uh, she's a huge Nine Snails fan. I, I love Nine Inch Nails as well. And I noticed on the song, it sounded like this old, like, it almost sounded like a vinyl or like record player sound like, yeah, like a scratching in the background. I think I was wrong in what I thought the sound was it's, it's not that, but it sounded like if you were just listening to a record, just spinning and not playing anything, just, just kind of like scratchy sort of sound, like this sort of drone. And it reminded her that I should watch the song Exploder because she was like, oh, you should watch it. Mm-hmm. So right away we put it on and it, it was really inspiring because he's such a creative guy, Trent Reznor. And it, it sort of made me think about writing music in a different way again. And, and this is like stuff that you start to think about when you're really deep in the like composing process. When, like, you would start really like adding all these little nuanced things to generate a specific feeling for them, the listener. And he was talking about how he loved, like, David Lynch films and, like, Eraser Head, how the radiator makes this, like, really, like, <sighs> You know like i don't know if you've seen a lot of david lynch films but he does a lot of things to kind of like get this sort of feeling from the viewer and i always love things where people do those little like subliminal things that most people maybe never notice yeah because they're listening to just the vocal or they're listening to the to the guitar or a piano or whatever like that's like the, the focus but then there's these other things and I thought that was super inspiring, just like listening how he was like, oh, like, you know, from David Lynch films, how he'd have these like sounds like I wanted to put that underneath because I was feeling this way. So I used this sound to kind of make you feel like, yeah, things might be okay, but there's still this like longing or sadness or, you know, like something that makes you feel a little uncomfortable, even though you're like trying to be happy or, or find your happiness or that's yeah you're on you're on the other side of it but you're not fully recovered like it's still lingering Mm -hmm. like like I love that stuff and it it kind of like almost reminded me again of thinking about those types of things when it comes to making music because it's so easy to like you said go to your go-to things and boom bam boom all right track's done send it off yeah I think it's curious like
0: how do things sneak into your template because for me I don't use a template and most of my composing now is just like composing with one library mainly so i'll just Mm -hmm. start with the main patch i'll play through the main patch get all the articulations and just kind of feel it out see if any ideas are coming with the midi controller and then i'll go through all 20 custom effects presets and just work my way through them and see like do i like this what does this do use the mod wheel experiment with the patch and if the patch resonates with me then I'm like, okay, keep that one, name it, move on to the next. Eventually I'll have, you know, 10 to 15 tracks that are ready to go. And along that time, if I played in anything half decent, I will record it. So I'll just like, okay, this, this was like really fun in three four. So I'll just like record that idea down on that custom effects preset. And then I'll keep basically moving through that way. And so usually I'll either start with like a melody or a chord progression that I like from one of the effects presets. And then I'll flesh out the track from there.
1: How do you go about your process when you're working on, let's say your own music? So I don't, yeah, I don't use any
0: templates like for my own music either. Like I try to get away from the virtual instruments if I can, like I'll play guitar or like a real piano or stringed instrument and then record that stuff in. Uh, I do have go-to plugins for like creative effects and making ambiences and all that stuff. But I try to start from scratch each time just so that I pull up the virtual instruments and just like look at everything and kind of like take it all in. I'm like, all right, this is this is my whole portfolio of, of uh, plugins. Let's mm-hmm. see what I should, you know, what, what should I try out today? And you're basically picking paint colors from that And Mm -hmm. so, like, I still gravitate toward certain instruments or feelings, but I at least get the chance to see other stuff. Whereas if you have a set template that you load up, it's hard for things to, like, sneak in to your template, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, it's hard for you to be like, okay, I'm going to try out these strings today because you already have strings that are loaded up and ready to go for you.
1: Yeah, sometimes when it comes to adding new stuff, I, I could... As time goes on, let's say, you know, we come out with this new library and I'm like, oh, like I could see that really fitting in the orchestral template. I'll have it like if it's like a choir related or string related, like with the solo violins, I recently just added all of that into my my VE Pro orchestral template, the sound iron one. Nice. Because, you know, now I can have those solo strings hands reach. Like, all right, cool. I want to like layer some solo violins with some Hyperion strings elements or uh, like with the demo that, I, that I'm working on now, I wanted to utilize some of the like flottandos and the more like creepier not creepy that is subjective you know because i wanted these very fragile and almost like not very pretty sounding right away sounds a little like you know because like with the flottandos they, they almost sound a little like soft but it's like on the verge of either wanting to sound beautiful or, or starting to break
0: you know sure. like yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. like
1: like is the string player like there are they a little nervous or kind of yeah you know <laughs> like do they want to start just playing a straight sustain or do they want to just kind of So it has this very like uneasy feeling. And what I wanted to do was have that sort of sound there. And one of the things I did was I I utilized because there's two solo violinists. I have one on the left, one on the right, both playing the same note because each flotando from each player sounds totally different. And I, I wanted to play around with like the pitch wheel. So like on this side, as they're kind of like starting to pitch up a little bit, like if the player was just slowly kind of like putting their finger rolling Creeping. it forward and backwards like you know <laughs> yeah so as this one's kind of like going up in pitch this one's kind of going down so then they never align and it's just like this very subtle like uneasy feeling also one of the things i'm using uh, that was inspired by the song exploder thing there's some new uh subsynth elements that are in there yeah so i was utilizing some of the brown noise i learned it to my mod wheel the volume so it's like there's like kind of just riding up and down on the mod wheel in the background very subtle, but it's there, just creeping in. Yeah. yeah, and that was because of that that song exploder thing that I watched, and like it was like super inspiring, and kind of like made me want to try some new things. Yeah, it sort of like kind of refreshed me a little bit, and like hearing another way, because like you, you know, when it comes to composing, like sometimes it gets a little too like, especially with orchestral music, like there's so many things oh, I want to do this, and there's this move, and then you like there's all you know, like I just want to like strip it all away and just like convey a specific feeling. Yeah. You know, and like, it was really just like this feeling of unease. So it's like, what can I use with like other instruments, whether it's like orchestral or not to like make you feel that way. But yeah, I wanted to utilize like the, the brown noise stuff. Cause it comes with like white noise and pink noise, brown noise, like trying to find a way to utilize that. Cause most of the time you're it's like, okay, what are you, what are you going to do with that? Either like layer it with something. So I wanted to use it as it another element for that uncomfortable feeling. Definitely.
0: So, one of the exercises I found to create a cue or like start a song is find a photograph capturing scenes of life with multiple subjects and lots of details, and then answer these questions What's going on in the picture? What do you see that makes you say that? What else do you see? And what do you see that makes you say that? So, let's say you have like a cabin in the woods picture, Mm -hmm. and everything's very green, and there's like two dogs running around. So you're like, okay, well, these two dogs are having fun in the forest by a cabin. What does that sound like? So it's very green. It's very lush. It's like enjoyable. It's happy. But then if you, you know, look closer and you see like blood in the background, then all of a sudden that changes the cue. Right. Uh, Or like the picture is very dark nighttime and like there's no moon and there's like a knife somewhere on the, in the foreground. You're like, oh, this is a totally different cue now. And you can start mm-hmm. fleshing out a composition just based on looking at this photograph and kind of reading into or using your imagination
1: to read into what's going on. Yeah, that's that's a very, a very good thing because uh, I've always heard people using pictures or images. I've also done this as well. Project I was working on for this uh, YouTuber who makes he makes these giant swords it was like something inspired by uh, i think it was warhammer okay nice so i'd like try to find these like images from something for that track oh this you know this new game is coming out it's a sword for that so it's like all right let me find this image of the you know these characters in space or like an action sequence or something and then using that like if i was like scoring this what would i do you yeah. know yeah. so it's a, it's a great way to kind of like immediately sort of see something and be like oh okay Oh, i can see that usually i think anyone who's like doing a lot of composing stuff pretty quickly kind of sees an image and there's like a rough sort of like bloop, something that just like just gets popped into your head like oh i can see and it's usually a very common cliche kind of things but then it's up to you from from that point to sort of direct that initial seed that pops into your head right a facial expression can
0: help, like can do that too. You know, matching a facial expression of somebody in a in a photograph, and you're like, oh, they're scowling about this kid doing something they didn't like, or whatever. And you're like, what's
1: going through their mind? What does that sound like? Exactly. So yeah, like, a lot of times, like the ideas are usually there. It's just up to you to like decipher it. Yeah, and then and, yeah, and then interpret in in some musical way. Yeah, the image imagery thing is is really cool. That that's actually Another great way of like, or like what you were saying about the, like, what do you see? Why do you say that? Like, that's, that's really a good way to like dig into it and just not just be like, oh, I see people jumping in a flower field. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, you can just go like, you know, bust out your ukulele and ding, 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 like some happy little fun jingle or something. How, how can you either take it a step further or not go into just like cheesy cliches or or that sort of thing? Exactly.
0: So have you heard of the oblique strategies? No, this is Brian Eno's cards. Okay, so Brian Eno created over a hundred cards, almost like playing cards, like a game. It's a set and each card is a suggestion of a course of action or thinking to assist in creative situations. So what he would do, Brian, Eno is like a legendary producer and artist, et cetera. But he worked with David Bowie and he used these cards on at least three of David Bowie's albums. And then most, I think most recently he used these cards with Coldplay when they did Viva La Vida album. Mm -hmm. And so I'll read you some of them. So they're basically imagine sitting in the studio and you get stuck, right? You're like, Mm -hmm. "Ah, I don't know what this is supposed to sound like. So it says each card contains a suggestion and it's supposed to break a deadlock or dilemma situation so a few are specific to music composition but others are more general for example so you'll flip a card and it says use an old idea so if you're sitting there with your bandmates and you're like i'm stuck on what happens next in this song or what happens next where the where the lyrics go next Mm -hmm. you can then it kind of just gets your brain moving like, okay, I'll use an old idea. What's a good old idea? And then like one of your bandmates is like, oh, remember when you said this, or we all laughed about this and mm. you, you can throw that into the song. Another one is state the problem in words as clearly as possible. So if you're like, well, this tempo doesn't work at this kind of concept and it doesn't have a good feeling to me. And the reason mm. it doesn't have a good feeling is because blank, right? Some other ones are. Use only one element of each kind. What would your closest friend do? Which I think is a really interesting experiment. Like thinking, all right, what would Craig do if he were here? Right, like what would what would how would Craig play this part?
1: He would find the scariest sound possible and go. <laughs> brrr, go straight to horror. Yeah, that's that's metal. funny you say that because uh, there's another composer out there named uh, Blake's Blake Robinson for you know for any of you who do composing really great composer super nice guy and i remember watching one of his track breakdowns he was breaking down a demo or something he did and he was like you know sometimes i sit down i think he was kind of joking he's like i I close my eyes i put my fingers to my forehead and then i wait for my next great idea but no he what he was saying is uh you know like, like what would john williams do here sure you know and it's like of course you know none of us are john williams but that kind of makes you think like you know when you're listening let's say you're building some big adventure cue or something and you want to like utilize the woodwinds to do these little embellishments or playing off the main melody is like not not trying to take over the melody but like if it's like and then there's this pause you know like you know like you know like like using the woodwinds to kind of like fill in these little things or play off of the melodies. And uh, the piece of me was like, you know, it's like this little like musical thing in the background, yeah. like, like little call and response. And, and he was just like, you know, what would John Williams do? And, and that's the first, that's the first thing I think of because I've, I've, I've heard other people say that and it's a great way to kind of put yourself outside and mm-hmm. kind of like, what would I do if, if I was, you know, John Powell, what would I yeah. Would where, I would I I, where would yeah. I take this? Was any of them? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not necessarily to like rip them, but you can use something that's very inspired by that. Yeah. But just for your track and it's, it's a great way to kind of like think about it outside of the box or kind of get out of your own head. Cause I think when sometimes you start composing, you start getting a little, like you'll like me, like I can get like over analytical sometimes or, and usually I just have to like, stop, go with the instincts, go with the flow, just like do stuff yeah i'm saying like start dicking around with sounds for like an hour and then you're you're you're, you're lost you need be to be like oh, i gotta go back to sending emails yeah yeah you gotta go back to home base just take it back
0: no i mean a big thing for me is just like taking the headphones off or turning the speakers off and like going for a, a walk or like getting a cup of coffee or like having a conversation and just like taking a break from the track and usually mm-hmm. when i come back an hour later or a day later or whatever. I'll be like, oh, wow, that part was trash and I needed to trash that yesterday. And I didn't, (laughs) you know, like that
1: was trash.
0: Oh, like this needed to go. This needed to be recycled uh, or like this actually fits perfectly here. And I didn't realize Mm. it yesterday. And just taking some time, your brain kind of like puts those puzzle pieces
1: in, but it takes sometimes it takes longer than others yeah it's like putting together a puzzle but with your ears it's like if you're working on an actual puzzle and like your eyes are just getting strained because you're like where's that piece where's that piece i've been getting frustrated one like you're so focused on like this one little part like i just want to connect this thing where is that piece at i know it's here somewhere and you're like you know what i just need to like walk away and like reset my eyes right yeah and it could even be the same with music too like you're like just looking at stuff and then like you're your attention goes to something else, or you get sidetracked, or whatever. It's like, yeah, like just that's like the equivalent, like a mental equivalent of like my computer's not working. Just turn it off, turn it back on. This thing <laughs> yeah. is, it's not working. Just or there's turn the it off, uh, turn it back there's, on.
0: There's the other person test too, where you're like, hey, come listen to this, and as soon as they step oh, yeah. in the room, you're like, oh, never mind. I know exactly what I have to change now that yeah. you're here. Now that you're here, I know exactly what I have to change. Or the car test is good too, but whenever you're like, hey, will you take a listen to this? As soon as you press send. Or as soon as you call the person in the room, it's like, oh, okay. I know exactly what has to yeah.
1: happen. Yeah. I know we've talked about that before where like you, you're you like playing something for someone and like, it's weird. Like you almost like, let's say a certain part comes up and you start to like cringe or get really uncomfortable. Like, oh, like, oh man, like they're listening to this now. And for some reason now I just hate this part and I know I need to get rid of it. And you're like, get yeah,
0: out. It's a more objective view. It's like an outsider view.
1: Yeah. Cause you're listening to it maybe it's because like you're wondering what they're thinking so now you're like analyzing it in a little bit of a different way right and then yeah because yeah there's sometimes where i've like had someone come in and like listen to a piece of music and i'm just like i hate this song right now why am i even showing them this like they're gonna think i'm a loser that's just more or less like most of the time people just get in their own head usually i mean i'm a victim of this too like where you just kind of like get in your own head and like oh but there's a lot of people who are like that, you know, it's just yeah. But it, a lot of times it's just like get out of your own way. Like it's probably not that bad, you know, totally. It's, okay. Well, I think and like that's
0: where these cards come into play is like mm-hmm. the next card is try faking it. And so it's like, you know, if you flip that card and you guys are at kind of like a, a you know, hitting a wall, it's like, OK, what would we do if you're we faking it? We might like pretend to be another band or we might play a different instrument that we don't usually play or whatever. Another another one is honor thy error as a hidden intention. So I think it's Miles Davis said, like, if you play a wrong note, it's actually the next note that you play that will determine if it was a wrong note or a good note. That's paraphrasing him. But basically, you know, if you play like a blue note that doesn't fit into the scale or doesn't fit with the band, the next note is
1: actually what matters, if it you know like fake it till you make it kind of thing yeah it's funny uh i've heard i've heard that kind of stuff from like guthrie govin where he'll talk about using like a an a minor scale with or like a, like a pentatonic scale with like a minor scale right you know? and it's like yeah you know you think like oh well this is an a minor it should work right but then like if you're playing you know like a blue you know, like a blues note or like a little you know flat five and like You know, if you're like you you play that little flat five and just hold it while the you know you know the music's playing and you're just (coughs) like and everyone's just sitting there like uh no you know but that's like you know that's why they say it's a passing tone you're passing to the right note right you know but you don't want to like hold on that so it's like yeah like all those notes work for that but yeah it doesn't necessarily mean that you can just like play and hold any of those notes and yeah it should sound great you know. (laughs) But sometimes, it, yeah. you know, sometimes it works to have a little like, like a, a note that like, like that hurt song that boom, 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 boom like that first little that sounds a little like, off. You know, it, it sounds like, like kind of like, I don't know if it's like a, like a flat five kind of thing where it's like, you know, probably should have been like a half step higher or something, but it just has that like weird dissonance that makes it of, iconic. Yeah, it just like some, sometimes that stuff works sometimes having that wrong note, depending on what it is good be great but that's up to you right i don't let anyone tell me oh that that's wrong or you shouldn't have done it that way it's like well then write your own music you know like unless you're paying me for it and and (laughs) and you're like i don't like that yeah that that doesn't mean anything to me rolls off your shoulder yeah yeah you know john williams was like that is atrocious like (laughs) (laughs) sorry john i'm not changing it (laughs)
0: Sorry, John. It's got to stay this way. Sorry, John. So Oblique Strategies, it's a a set of cards you can buy. It's pretty expensive, but they also have an app, which I believe there's some free apps. And there's a website that you can just generate. These are Oblique Strategies cards. So if you ever get stuck composing or doing anything like that, you can just click and refresh the page
1: over and over and get a new card. Yeah, that's really cool. I like the what you know what would you do if you were someone else yeah. or what was the other one like there's like try faking it
0: this one i just pulled up is abandoned normal instruments so like go play something else
1: yeah I, I like the going back to what you were saying earlier about the the random randomizing or or just uh doing some kind of random number thing there's a, a guy out there named trey xavier he works with gear gods he does a lot of really cool songwriting videos where okay he'll he'll do something in the style like he recently did one like in the style of metallica it's pretty, pretty spot on. Like I gotta say, he did he did a really good job. He did another one on this band Ghost. Uh it, like he nailed it. But like there's some times where he'll do these like songwriting things where he'll just be like, all right, we're gonna do, you know, I like, have like a list of these types of styles or you know, or these time signatures, or like, or even like drum grooves, like if he's using superior drummer or something, yeah. He'll be like, all right, like you know, and it comes with a bunch of like midi, midi drum files that you can just drag in. Like, all right, I'm just going to randomize it. All right, like whatever number is going to be this drum group. Okay, so it's going to be this style now. And then for this, you know, so he'll just keep doing that and basically just building it up and then, all right, now start writing. Like we've randomly grabbed all of these ideas and now it's like up to me to do something like that. And that is that is a really great way because you're putting it out of your hands now. Like, all right, it's it's like this like ghost collaborator. Like, all right, I'm collaborating with some dice now. All right to help write my song but some you know sometimes it is a, a a cool way to just kind of get the ball rolling like um going back to the band being in the in a band like you know where you're sitting around and you're trying to like work out ideas good old days you know sitting in a room and working on music with your friends Right, people started, cheetos yeah eating no that's more fritos maybe Not. doritos <laughs> no. back then i think i was drinking dr pepper all the time but, uh, you know, like, like sometimes you have those moments where you're sitting in a room and you're trying to think like, how do we go from this riff to this riff? Like transitions can almost be like the thing that holds, holds everything up because let's say you have this person wrote this riff, this person had this idea and you're like kind of starting to like find a way to piece all these together. Like, I like that and I want to go into that, but how do you do that? Right. And I've always found like a, a quick hack to figuring that kind of stuff out is to use a piece of a riff that's like maybe going to be played later in the song or like the tail end of that next riff. Let's say going from riff A into riff B just doesn't gel. It just sounds like it jumps, uh-huh. but you need, you need that tempo change. So like, if like the, like the end of a riff would be like, dun, 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 and like that's the end part, like use that little tail end as the transition and maybe just have like one instrument play it. I mean, cause it's easy to just do like the whole like pause thing, like dun, dun, dun. And then, and then and then it like that's like the number one quick easy way but it can kind of sound a little disjointed especially uh-huh. if you do it a lot it's like all right can't just do that all the time <laughs> yeah but y- using like a tail end of something that you already have like we already have this like let's just use this as like or or find a way to intro it in a different way let's say instead of just playing it as it is like maybe have one person like like or like use like panning things or what you play the first half of that ending part I play the next half and then the drummer does like a fill and then it goes into the next thing or something like using that as like a way to sort of navigate around transitions I've always found that as like a an easy way instead of trying to write something completely new sometimes you need to do that having those
0: back pocket tricks is really helpful one of the you were talking about randomization and like one of the randomization things I do is just like mass play in a bunch of MIDI notes into like drum patterns and stuff. Just Mm -hmm. like absolute chaos. Just like as the track's going, I'll just like back and forth. And then I'll go through and quantize it to like 16th or 32. Mm -hmm. And just hear what it sounds like once the quantization gets in there. And a lot of the times I'll use those kind of drums because it just like shoves it into the beat. And then another trick is, I believe the plugin is called Filter Lab. Um, by Audio Modern. And it's hmm. a free plugin that has a bunch of randomization features. But I love anything with randomization because, hmm. you know, with Quadril, and I just finished all the content for Quadril too. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Samples everywhere. But uh, yeah. it has a randomization, you know, and anything that kind of just like lets you keep clicking and hearing new stuff is really helpful for me.
1: Yeah, it's just always kind of keeping things flowing differently. Like, it, it can get a little repetitive when you just hear like like maybe a similar sound over and over or like what can i do to make this different like that's why i always like playing around with the advanced tab stuff within our libraries because you can always just like stumble on something completely different
0: totally. especially
1: like with the with the new like gliss and strum stuff in struck grand like that stuff's really cool like some of the effects presets like i think i want to say sometimes i forget which ones that i make but i think <laughs> yeah. i think it was one called ghostwriter okay and it, it'll utilize the mod wheel you can set it to where there's a certain scale. so if you set it to I believe it's strum and you play around with some of the different like the rate controls like where it like like it'll play a scale just from playing a single note uh-huh. so I the reason I called it a ghostwriter is because it's almost like this thing is writing it for you but it almost has a very creepy sound to it as well so it's kind of like a the shining yeah, exactly just want. <laughs> But yeah, like, you know, that kind of stuff I think is really cool. And it's something I probably wouldn't have made without that. Arpeggiators are, are great for just kind of making things really easy and can sometimes inspire different ideas. But with the with the scale and like the strum and gliss kind of stuff, you can kind of create some different things. Definitely is a, a really cool addition to the modular template, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cool. Do you have any recommendations for this week? Well, since we were talking about it. I definitely want to recommend watching Song Exploder on Netflix. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch the rest of them yet, but the Nine Inch Nails one was super inspiring. I watched the Hamilton
0: one with Lin-Manuel Miranda, and it's really good, especially if you've watched Hamilton. Just thinking about, like, watching his thought process on how to write melody and how to
1: kind of move the music with the lyrics. It's really interesting. Yeah. Like, I just think it's always cool to to kind of get in the mind of an artist. And I think that's a great way, whether, because I know they have like some pop artists and stuff on there too, but I just know, you know, people like Trent Reznor, they're like super artistic in the way that they approach music. They, like, it's not like someone who was like, I went to this school and I'm, now I want to write this kind of music. It's just all intuitive and personal. And I think any real great musician this, that's inspired me, I think a lot of them are really like that, you know, yeah. it's funny. Like sometimes I think people get upset when it, when it comes to getting the answers that they want. Like when you ask someone like, how did you do this? I don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like, like sometimes those answers suck, but like when like you just have to dig a little bit deeper and more and like, more likely you're not going to get a musical answer. You're going to get an answer that is like the heart of it. More artistic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely recommend checking that out that I, I found it very inspiring and it, made me want to write music like right after watching it.
0: Yeah. They're pretty short and sweet too. They're like 20 minutes or something. My recommendation is the book, keep going by Austin Cleon. It's the third of his books. He's a visual artist and author, and it's basically just a book encouraging artists to keep going, keep making art. And there's like a bunch of prompts and different art, like artwork and poems in there. And the, the basic summation of it is just, keep going, keep doing your thing, keep punching the clock, um, be consistent. Nice. got to check that one out. I've been needing to get some new books. Oh yeah. Well, it's, it's an easy read you'll blow through it. But, um, I think that wraps it up for today, Craig, always a pleasure and we'll catch yeah, you man. next week. All righty. See you then. See you, man. All right. Later.